Welcome to Monkey and Frank. My name is Doe and my body is Dom. And I feel like I'm losing my spirituality again. Everything comes in cycle. And I was talking to a soul sister of mine just saying that the astrology points to a time of fire or something like that. And it's a time where people are having a hard time and burning, I guess, what needs to be burned so that they can move forward. Well, I'm having a hard time. I'm having a hard time because I'm selling this house and change is scary to me. I am frustrated more and more with my wife and weird it's like I I want to be good I want to do the right thing and say the truth and tell what's going on with my ego and really to be there for my ego and to be there for my soul but I feel oppressed I feel like I can't do that or else I'm just gonna hurt her and at the same time it's not honoring what I need to learn from her, my teacher, um, and what I need to learn from what mother is showing me in my awareness. I make the decision to, to stay because I can see the love that I've got for her and for my children, and I can see that the issue is within me. The dark and the the dark and the white always struggling and as well I have to say that I have my connection with soul with the divine with source they call it is weak because of I feel the food that I'm eating and the idea that when it comes to spirituality, if you are learning something, and let's say you hear inside yourself, trust, trust, everything's going to be all right, just trust. I have trouble with that because the last time I heard this message, I got scammed a lot of money online because I wanted to buy some 5-MeO-DMT for medicinal work. And yeah, I got scammed. But just before I got scammed, I remember meditating on it, on should I do it? You know, that's a risk. I don't want to, you know, even though it's not illegal in Canada, it's still a risk. I don't want to, to be in trouble, but I wanted the healing. I felt broken still um, because I had just quit cannabis and it was difficult. And in my soul, I heard, trust, everything's going to be all right. Yes, you know, go ahead, order it, you know, trust, it's going to be great. And then I order it, and then I get an email saying, hey, we got to, you know, you got to pay us some more money because of this and this and that. And it sounded reasonable, but at the same time, like, am I being scammed? And I wasn't sure. And again, I sat in meditation, and I asked, it's like, trust, you will get your package. Go pay the money, trust. 
and it came from my soul. It, didn't, it was not like my inner monologue. So I paid the money, and then I realized I got scammed. And I'm like, fuck, like, why are you fucking with me, you know? Mother or life, like, why? Like, it really felt like it was coming from my soul. But I, now I realize that it's a lesson, right? I needed to feel this lesson in order to grow in, in, a, in some way inside my awareness and I've been learning more and more that sometimes the lessons um, are not going to come in the way that you want or that you enjoy you have to trust the process and trust that everything is going to not be all right but everything has a purpose and that the suffering that you suffer if you surrender to it and really open up your heart as if you're open up, opening up a, a flower um, then you'll get the lessons and I, that's one that I keep forgetting because to stand still and to just not move and to breathe and allowing all the feelings of fear frustration, shame to come in and bloom inside your heart is uncomfortable. I was listening to the podcast uh, 43 or whatever on YouTube on how I explain on how it feels so good to open up your heart and to, to pain and death and, you know, and to feel those feelings. But it's a different story when you're doing it with fucking shame and fear and frustration and anger. Because when those feelings bloom, well, it's because I'm not allowing them to bloom, first of all. I'm, like, looking at them with my gorilla warrior, and I'm saying, fuck you. I don't want to see you. I don't want to be there with you. Why is this happening to me? I'm fucking here and now all the time. I'm talking to you, mother, all the time, and, and you're fucking with me. And that's the point. And then a couple of uh, days ago, I had this shamanic dream, and it reminded me of Hanuman. Hanuman the monkey. Hanuman is, I mean, I'm just going to say from my point of view, from what I feel in my spirit, I didn't read up much about him, um, other than what I feel is that Hanuman prides himself to be the one soul that is the closest to God without merging with it. Now think about that just for a second. When you get a near-death experience and you feel the love and the embrace of love of God on the other side, which doesn't matter what your religion you are, supposedly when you have a near-death experience and you feel that love, often you don't want to come back. I mean, that's where you get the traumatic near-death experience where the person comes back and is kind of like in a fucked up body and has to recover and there's a lesson to be had there because God says, it's not your time, you need to go back. And when you go back, it's such a painful process that often the body just forgets about it and, you know, you get flashbacks and post-traumatic stress disorder and blah, blah, blah. Well, that... To be on the other side and to feel that love, most humans would just be, no, I want to be in your embrace like forever, I'm done. But not Hanuman. Hanuman wants to be so close to God that 
he gets that feeling times a trillion, times a billion, trillion, billion. And still, he doesn't merge with God because he wants to continue honoring and loving God the most. Like, he's got such a love for God that he wants to be at his side forever in order to to honor him and that's hard that's the, that's the hardest thing imaginable imaginable imagine you just wanting to be with god you love him so much you're so close to the light you're like so fucking close and if there's another soul that gets closer he's like nope i'm Muhammad. i'm gonna get closer and closer and closer and and still hanuman will come if you call upon him to help you grow in your spirituality and while you're taking it away from God he's still going to come with the purest of heart and the purest of love because to be so close to God you empower the value of God and when he does come to help you though and that's why they call him the monkey king he's got a humor about it and kind of a sense of uh <laughs> The way I see it is like frustration. If you are going to call upon him and you don't have honor in your heart and you're just in pure sadness, he's going to hit you with the stick and be like, wake up, you know, like and laugh about it and hit you with the purest of love and the purest of hearts. But still, he's going to fuck with you. You know, he's going to, he wants you to learn what he already knows a thousand times, you know, and he wants to go back to God. He doesn't want to be there with you, you know. <laughs> See, he just fucked with me with that noise. Thank you, Anaman. You really got me flustered. And sorry for calling upon you. Um, I love you so much. Go back to God. <laughs> I got you. I just want to share your story with everybody. Um, but anyways, um, since he's been in my heart I've been noticing that every time I lose my awareness in life like as I'm doing the dishes or I get caught up with my anger or whatever I and I've never been clumsy in my life like ever I'm going to hit my shoulder on the side of the wall or my hip or my, I'm going to stub my toe or I'm going to drop something and I'm like what's going on and it's been happening for the last freaking two weeks or something like that ever since I did my uh, cannabis ceremony with uh, Chandan in the park where we called upon Shiva and Hanuman. He's been uh, teaching me in the harshest way. Same with the, <laughs> when, uh, you know, trust, everything's, yeah, yeah, bye, bye. And then when you get, you get scammed, it's like, see, you don't need any medicine. I wanted you to feel like, you know, this pain and this shame because I wanted you to learn that you don't need any medicine to be with God or to be pure or to, you know, talk to mother or whatever your practices are. You don't need anything. Be sober. Be here and now. You don't need this anger. You don't need anything. Surrender to it. Let it flourish in your heart like a lotus flower and sit calmly. This is the time to do it. But then the paradox is so fucking strong. You know, we're born to experience this human experience and to, and again, we are the only mammal and maybe not the dolphins or the the whales or whatever but we are one of the only mammals that really has it down where we can think about the past think about the future 
you know, most animals are in the present, like the present period. And us, we have the ability now to become self-aware so that we can think about the future, plan for a future, grow towards the future, and really, you know, contemplate life and death and contemplate so many things. And inside that contemplation, it says, don't do that. Be here and now. Be like the animal that you were, you know, a th- uh, hundred million years ago um, before you had this big brain. And that's where you'll find all your answers. And I'm like, well, why the fuck? <laughs> you know, like it's so funny, the paradoxical aspect of I'm going to give you the ability to think in the future, to contemplate your death. And spirituality is going to teach you to be here and now. And that's the only place where you can really, truly learn and grow your soul. The rest is just here to fuck with you in a way, to for you to have the human experience of feeling joy, shame, laughter, and all these emotions that we feel when we experience and even the ones that are like anger you know so necessary for you to learn but are you able to be angry and still be here and now are you able to be angry and sit still and let that anger really flourish in your heart so that you can see the magic of what's behind it well fuck um easier said than done and then the idea that you're always accumulating trauma no matter what you're doing unless you are here and now and think of mother and doing practices to surrender like give up all your clothing give up all your money and just go and beg for food and that's the true path and it's like and this is no religion it's not like a religion is teaching me this it's the psychedelics, the mushroom, the ayahuasca, the when I'm here and now and I meditate, I can feel the, not the right and wrong, but the lessons that are coming through. They call it downloads. I hear people sometimes like, oh, I'm getting downloads after a mushroom trip or even after a breath work and, oh, I'm getting this download of knowledge and everybody's downloads are similar and the same. Surrender. Love is the ultimate thing. Love is the base feeling for all the feelings. Why are you angry? Because you love. Why are you sad? Because you're love. All, why are you feeling shame? Because of love. Love is the ultimate feeling that is causing all the other feelings to be. And, yeah. just got angry at my cat because he was biting one of my plants that I'm growing. Oh, sometimes cats are like the most beautiful things and the most angering thing. They, they, they're they so full of love that you can pet them forever and they're going to give you this purring vibration that just fucking cleanses everything. And then they're going to go turn around and kill their fucking, your favorite plants or your hamster or whatever, you know, another animal. It's such a contradictory animal. It drives me nuts, and it's the paradox is real, man. Uh, so, yeah, Hanuman has been teaching me. And uh, selling this house has been frustrating because I had to take down my ceremony wall and my altar. And again, the teaching of you don't need that. 
here and now. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. You got this, Dom. You got this, Doe. Ah. <laughs> My dreams have been uh, cool, though, I have to admit. The dream of when I was at war keeps coming back. I don't even know if I talked about it, but I'm going to share it again. So it started where... I knew that it was wartime and I was kind of hiding in this barn thing and these German, again the German because of World War II I'm guessing and World War I, these little German teenagers were coming to play around the barn but if they were to catch me, if they would know that I was there, they would have sounded the alarm and screamed. So one got into the barn and I had this knife and I shoved it like under his throat you know, up to his brain, and he died. And I remember feeling not sadness for that kid's death, but like almost a sense of honor, like I needed to do this. And it's not like I was doing it out of fear as well. It was like a necessity. If that kid screamed, I am fucked. Then the second kid comes in, I kill him. Then the third kid comes in, I kill him. Then the fourth one, I shove the knife at the spot, and for whatever reason, he doesn't die. And he looks at me as like, I can still scream if I wanted to. And I didn't know what to say or do. And he just started to scream. And I just watched it. And it was weird. Like the idea that I had the sensation of like his soul was screaming. As if even though I killed him, his soul was upset that I had killed him because maybe there would have been another way if I would have had faith or something I don't know and then the dream switched where I'm inside that house where the kids lived and I must have killed everybody there the parents and everything because now it's me and my group was there and we were kind of going through the kitchen and kind of having a feast and being joyous at the idea that finally we can eat a meal anything because we hadn't had food for weeks or months like it felt like finally you know we're eating and I had my little daughter with me she was one or two she was so young oh young one I would say um and I was giving her food and everything and then we hear the the sound of war coming closer and we look in the window and the German army is advancing there was like a big water ocean thing and they were coming in by boats and then the tanks were coming out and we knew we had to get the fuck out of there so then I grab my daughter in my arm and we go on the roof but on, I'm on the second floor and I get to the edge of the roof and it's fucking high I can't jump and I get this sense of fear of uh, heights often in my dreams when I get to heights I always get scared because I've always had the feeling of falling and dying. I don't know if it was from a previous life or it's a, a fear that I've always had within me. And I get this fear again showing up in my awareness. But now I've got my daughter in my arm and I honor kind of comes up and I need to do something. So I turn around and I look and there's two walls that are close to together, like I would say like two, three feet apart. And I'm, I'm like, if I can kind of push myself against these two walls, I'll be able to slow down my fall so that we can both survive and anyways I do it with honor I don't even question it and I but I, I'm still very much afraid of this height thing and boom I'm on the first floor now roof 
and I, I look around and I can jump on a shed and go down and my group is kind of like spreading like they're one of them is running this way that way or whatever and I, I still have my daughter in my hand and I start running as well and I get to a small village that was near the farm and I get inside one house and there's a little cupboard where I can just go and hide that's the only thing I can do is hide at this point and and I go inside the cupboard, but it's not a good hiding spot. I can totally tell. Like, if anybody walks in the house, they'll be able to see me. But I'm running out of time. They're right fucking there. And there's a woman that comes in. I'm like, hey, there's no more spot. Like, one person per house. Come on, please get out. I need to protect my daughter. And she leaves. And I'm inside this little cupboard that's super not... Co- like, it doesn't cover. And there's two English guys that come in. And they're talking nonchalantly and they're all chill and they start talking about like oh yeah the germans are they're here and it's uh, not a problem and you know for anybody who's hiding it's all good just come out you know everything's relaxed you know and and i got the sense that they were talking to me and they knew i knew that they were talking to me even though they were not looking at me it was kind of a way to disarm me so that i didn't panic or anything so I got out of my hiding place and I'm like hey the Germans are right here aren't you guys scared and they're like no no they're friendly don't worry about it and they really make me at ease and they sit down they have a smoke and I'm still with my daughter and I'm confused like who the fuck are these two guys and the German why are they not killing everybody that had been running away because we were civilians I guess right so I get out of the house and I look and the Germans are everywhere inside the village and they're just setting shop, you know, like putting their guns down, sitting, having a lunch or whatever. And I go back in and I'm like, wait, so what the plan was is basically the Germans had hired, had people like us, you know, English speak and would go first in the village to disarm everybody to say like, it's okay, don't fight back, relax, because they wanted us to assimilate, but they were doing it in a very gentle way, in a very humane, trusting way, where they didn't want to hurt us, they just wanted us to be part of the German people, you know, now to assimilate us, and if you were a man, to maybe go to war or provide or, you know, start working for the German army. And when I realized that, I was like, huh. And in my dream, that was fucked up, too, because that was such a, a twist. Like, I never expected that, Like, because I thought they were coming to kill me. And in my previous dreams, the nights before, I had many dreams where like, the bad guy is chasing me. So I thought it was another, you know, the bad guys are chasing me, and I need to run. But now I've got my daughter with me, and it's more complicated. And so anyways, the the... the the English guys just they talk to each other and they leave and I'm still inside the house and there's two German officers now that comes in and they sit down they're talking German and they they take out food and they offer me some and I remember saying like oh my daughter like do you have yogurt or something kind of more milky-esque and yeah sure enough they have yogurt and I'm like am I gonna have to join the war with you guys and they're like yes but don't worry, you know, your daughter is going to be taken care of. You can, And I kind of had the idea that I knew I was going to bring her. But I had, I'm going to have to separate from her. And it was the hardest thing to imagine. But because of me seeing that they were not such bad people and that they had good intention, I was submitting to the idea of like, okay, my daughter is going to be in good hand. 
I have to do this for survival, I have to do it for her so that I can go to war, whatever, and then come back and be a father. Like, nothing else matters. The details of my feelings don't matter. The greater picture does. And that was the human connection that I had with her. And when I woke up, it was confusing. Like, holy shit, that was a complex dream. First, I killed those people, like the kids. Now, and I had this feeling of not shame, but like it was violent. And the first thought that came to me is like, oh yeah, I watch violent shit on TV. And I've been realizing that my dreams are often a reflection of my daily life, right? If I watch something that's really violent, then I'm going to have violent dreams. If I will... Uh, listen to podcasts or meditate then my dreams are going to be more into a meditative state or maybe uh, you know whatever if if I'm afraid of x y and z then I'm going to be running away you know in my dreams of bad people the darkness or whatever and uh, so first I thought like oh my violent tendency in my dream was because I'm watching violent tv and I knew right away like oh it's something that I should do less it it's not good for my soul to see such violence at all time. But then the other thought came in, and that was like kind of the Hanuman thought. It's like, well, what if you watched it so that you can have this dream that was so eye-opening so that you could grow your soul? So relax. Have your human experience. You know, if you, that night you don't feel like fucking meditating and you want to just watch TV, do it. Chill. Relax. Surrender. I'm like, God damn, it's so confusing, this spiritual stuff in life. And like, I, I don't know where to throw myself. Should I not watch TV? Should I eat well? Am I eating junk food in order to feel pain, to grow? And ah, again, and same with this house thing, you know? I, uh, yeah, change, surrender. It feels uh, crazy. And uh, if you're listening, Mother, I would love to have, again, some more shamanic dreams, I call them, tonight, or any type of experience that would allow me to continue this work that I'm doing for you and for God and for Hanuman and Shiva, you name it, man. I want to continue showing honor. I've been showing a lot of dishonor lately, and I feel shame about it. I'm not honoring my feelings. And again, I'm hard on myself. Fucking, I'm so hard on myself. I do the work and still I find it like it's not enough. I want to do more. Every moment should count. I feel lazy. And I had such a migraine yesterday and today. Oh my God. I never had such a bad headache in my life. I had to go lay down. It was crazy. And when I feeling this type amount of pain especially in the head the anger just came out like hardcore and uh, I apologize for that but better than that I should meditate on it and look at those feelings and allow them to bloom in my heart maybe next time when they show up but not today I didn't do a good job today I love you guys with all my heart thank you for listening this is uh, such a learning experience and uh, talking to you guys on this podcast is really helping I had to push myself to start but now that I'm talking it's like verbal diarrhea I can't get enough 
of this type of uh, vocalizing my shame, anger, and love, and spiritual, etc., etc. Monkey and Frank for life. Monkey and Frank. I wanted to share an experience that I had with uh, Kevin, my cat, yesterday and today as well. It's um, it's crazy now with this new kind of way that I'm thinking when it comes to death. I'm thinking about it often. Like I want it to be in my awareness at all time that at any moment I could die and I have to be okay with that like at every moment. It really makes it um, where you live your life really here and now. Like, and I love it. Like it brings panic, it brings anxiety. And until those feelings uh, have been observed fully, I'm going to continue doing this practice. But anyways, as I was petting Kevin, um, Kevin is having trouble now walking, like with his back legs. You can tell uh, when he eats, he lies down. So his back legs are starting to, to fail him slowly. And yesterday, for the first time ever, I allowed myself to open my heart where I became vulnerable at the idea that this cat is going to die, you know, before me. And I could, and I saw him as a real living, like really, really living thing with feelings as I was petting it. And I was tremendously vulnerable. Like I felt sad, happy, and vulnerable all at the same time, but they were epic feelings. So they were not comfortable yet but the more that I'm looking at them the more like this shit is real like it's uh, you know like the teachings everything is real like everything that's shown in front of you everything that's in your life everybody that talks to you every conversation every moment as you're surrendering to what is and then you realize really like how insane it's going to be when you're going to meet that other soul on the other side. And Because if you had even a little hint of psychedelics, it'd be DMT or even mushroom, LSD, the, the amount of feeling that is hidden from us, like our little human monkey can only handle so much energy, feelings, frequency or whatever to run through all uh, you know, at a time. So you're through the limitation and through the darkness and through the paradox of um, you have to forget in order to experience this life fully. Um, it's amazing how much mother than God, the plan, whatever you're seeing at every moment is just for you. And it's the feelings that matter because behind the scene, like <laughs> there's millions of feelings like if ever you've never experienced psychedelics, like seriously, you have to. It's it's unimaginable uh, what you can experience. And just knowing that that exists on the other side or on another frequency, and when you let your brain, the default network, go loose and let your brain just experience the entirety of its brain while using as much energy as... <laughs> as it can it's insane it's absolutely insane it changes your life it puts everything in perspective it 
makes you want to be here and now with every moment, your children, your cat, and to, like, I still want to work with the dying. Um, like, the intensity of it and being able to look at it without shame and with honor, without disgust, you know? Like, the uh, if you see yourself in the other... I don't know if you guys do that, but I love wearing other people's face. As soon as I meet somebody or on TV and I imagine myself being behind their face and what it would feel like to have that nose, those cheekbones, and that jaw and the way they talk, you can automatically feel, I feel, <laughs> like that person, like that frequency, that face. Um, yeah, I love doing that. But yeah, tripping on Kevin, it was insane. Like I, yeah, I petted him for like, oh man, a good two hours of it film and I was looking in his eyes and you could tell like he had an age, he had a soul, the way he was looking at me. How a cat, you know, is seeing so much uh, at the same time, um, but he could see me, it was insane. Uh, I felt so blessed and I wanted to share that. So yeah, being with death, Looking at it at every moment is uh, its a good practice. feels good. It really shows you what you're supposed to look at. Yeah. All right. Love you guys.